Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail... Stats NZ figures show unemployment levels are 4% for the June quarter. That's a fall from 4.2% in the March quarter. The number that no one picked that says fewer people were unemployed during lockdown. It's the first quarter to include the COVID-19 lockdown, with Treasury earlier forecasting it would reach 8.3%. But don't be fooled by this number. The unemployment rate itself is rubbish. We delve into that data and I head to South Auckland where it's expected COVID-19 will put an extra 1 in 10 workers out of a job over the next 24 months. It's a pretty frightening prospect to think of all of those people and their families having such a severe drop in income. It will possibly engulf entire neighbourhoods, entire communities. There's a big, bold plan to stop this happening. And here's a hint, something called Green New Deal. But first, what's behind those Labour numbers from the second quarter of the year? We're talking April, May, June. Jared, you always do fantastic headlines when you send out your um, your emails. <laughs> what, what kind of headline would you put on this? Um, beware. Really? Be very weird. <laughs> yes. That's Kiwi Bank's chief economist, Jared Kerr. And that was his reaction just minutes after seeing the figures from the Household Labour Force survey released by Stats NZ. I mean, these, I'm just flicking through these numbers. They are just uh, unbelievable. Well, unbelievable is the exact term. In fact, I think you've just given me uh, the title that we need because uh, because when we look at these numbers, they are unfortunately unbelievable. Um, the, the unemployment rate that the stats department has uh, generated is um, completely rubbish. And if you look at their underlying measures, it shows an a, a unemployment rate closer to 4.6%. But they have actually given us a, a sort of a weekly trend in that underlying unemployment rate, um, and it's closer to 4.9% at the end of the quarter. What happened was, you know, when these surveys were done, you know, people were in lockdown, and if you're in lockdown and you couldn't actively seek employment because you're in lockdown, you weren't considered uh, to be unemployed. So the unemployment rate itself uh, is rubbish, but when you actually look at the level of employment, the the employment rate, it's all down. Um, the underutilisation rate, which is probably more important, rose from a bit over 10% to 12%. Um, that's the biggest jump we've seen, I think, in decades. So there is some weakness uh, underneath uh, the surface. But broadly speaking, I would say this is, a, this is a report that does show wage subsidies. The wage subsidies work like this. Full-time employees get $585 a week, $350 for part-timers. It's paid as a lump sum covering 12 weeks' work for employers who suffer a 30% decline and who promise to keep staff on for four out of five days a week. The first round of the wage subsidy is done. As of last night, 12 weeks is up. Tranche 2, the eight-week extension, is underway. It is tougher to get. And uh, other measures clearly helped during lockdown, and we are in a much better position than we had feared, you know, a few months ago. You picked a 5.2% unemployment rate, and that was pretty optimistic compared with others. You know, there was such a discrepancy, but nobody picked 4%. <laughs> no, and, that, and and I think that's that's the issue, right? 4 4% is just. It's just absolutely unbelievable, and I think it's ridiculous um, that the stats department actually 
publish that. Uh, we need an ounce of credibility uh, in these figures, and we, we know it's that the current unemployment rate is nowhere near 4%, and it's just a product of a poor survey in a very difficult time. This is the official unemployment measure, which has some really good things going for it, but is also a survey with really strict parameters of what unemployed is, and you have to be actively looking for work to count as unemployed. When you say it's a poor survey, do you think that they haven't gone to the right people or what? Uh, look, it's, it's notoriously volatile uh, as it is, but I, but I think that what, what we've seen here today is the publishing of a number which no one can believe. So we just looked straight through it. There should have been you know, a, a process where they looked at that and gone, well, clearly our unemployment rate hasn't fallen during the greatest economic recession in 100 years. Maybe we should revise the numbers or come up with a better outcome because you know, the screens that we're looking at right now and that the world is, is looking at is, says that New Zealand's unemployment rate has fallen and, and it, you know, it's make us, making us look like a bit of a laughing stock. Can you explain to me how they go about this survey? So it's a survey of, I believe, sort of 15 to 16,000 people at a, at a, a, a point in time. Um, the problem with this particular survey was obviously impacted by lockdown. And with lockdown at least, and possibly after for longer, um, people who were sort of in limbo and, and weren't looking for jobs because there was no, you know, no one was hiring. But other countries have, you know, higher frequency surveys and high numbers that have shown a clear deterioration in, you know, employment and unemployment over over lockdown. And we've seen that here as well. I think, you know, all the anecdotes that you get suggest that the, un- that the unemployment rate's much higher than, than what we've been given today. And it's unfortunate that we're sort of looking at a, at a 4% rather than something which is probably more re- realistic around 5 What kind of questions are they asking those people in the survey? Well, one of them was, you know, are you actively uh, seeking work? And if you're in lockdown, you cannot actively be seeking work because you're in lockdown. So you weren't counted. So there are some some issues that that I think could have been dealt with um, a bit better. And that's where they they tried to address it with their underlying rate, which is closer to 4.6% or 4.9% at the end of the quarter. But that sort of underlying rate potentially could have been, you know, the headline rate and, and, you know, we would have taken the number more seriously. What numbers here do you take seriously? We take the underutilisation rate, the fact that that has lifted, uh, as we as we suspected. Underutilisation, which includes both the unemployed and those who could work more, rose to its highest level since records began, 12%. The fact that employment growth, you know, has, has come off, the employment rate's down. The fact that wages were soft, even despite quite a, a lift in the minimum wage, there, there is some, you know, weakness beneath beneath the surface, which, you know, matches what, what we've been seeing in the, in the economy. So with that underutilisation, what was the figure you were picking? Uh, we, I think, had 11 and a half. So okay. it's actually jumped a bit above us. Yeah, um, and that's what you would expect to see in a in a situation like that, where you've locked down, and even as you come out of lockdown, you're working fewer hours than what you would like to do. That I I think you know reflects what what we're seeing out on the ground, and and also the um, the the slower wages growth.
What can you do with this information now? If you feel like that unemployment figure, that 4%, is just rubbish, I mean, do you just forget about it? I think so. You look through it and you say, well, this is a, this is a number which, which clearly doesn't um, accurately reflect the situation in the economy right now. We look at the, the underlying rate which they've given us, which is 4.6, and even then we'll look at that and say probably a little light. And we, we sort of go through and say, well, the next quarter's number is probably even more important when we hopefully get a, a better survey and a better feel for, for what's going on. But the good news in this is that we, we think the New Zealand economy is performing better than we thought a few months ago. Looks like we're going to get fewer people unemployed through this crisis. So it's definitely a net positive here. But there's still another you know six months to play out and we need to sort of see how um, employers react to wage subsidies coming off. Can they afford to keep their, their workforce? And that figure, the 4.6%, this is the extended unemployment rate, is that correct? Yes. Can you explain to me what exactly is that? They have tried to take into account the people in lockdown who couldn't actively seek work and include them in a uh, broader definition of of unemployment. And that came in at 4.6% over the quarter. What they did, though, is they gave us a weekly reading that increased from around 4.2 up to about 4.9 by the end of the quarter. So to us, that trend is in line with what we were expecting. Um, you know, we were calling for an unemployment rate of 5.2, and if that's 4.9, you know, that's, pretty close and it looks like that trend will you know continue into the current quarter uh, and possibly to the end of the year depending on what happens with the wage subsidies. There's another figure buried in the statistics which is far more significant and far less favourable. The participation rate so the number of people who are actually participating in the workforce well um, you know that that has dropped as you would expect. Okay and what's that come out at this time? So it fell to 69.7 from 70.5%. That that is actually a a meaningful decline. And and, and what that means is, you know, if you lose your job, um, not everyone goes on to an unemployment benefit. I mean, we've heard quite a few anecdotes of people losing their jobs, uh, but they're of an age where they're selling up in Auckland and decided, well, okay, now's my time uh, to leave and heading out into the regions, using this as their um, you know, reason to, to move on. Uh, so they, someone like that who loses their job but then leaves the labour market, uh, you, that's where you see your drop in participation, but you have actually lost a worker, um, and that obviously doesn't show up in an unemployment rate. These figures from the Household Labour Force Survey are really important. Now... I'd actually spoken to Jared Kerr by Skype the day before because I wanted to get a real feel for how these labour stats work. Look, it's probably one of the the key indicators that we economists look at. It tells you so much about your economy at any point in time. If you find, you know, your unemployment rate is rising like we're expecting um, for whatever reason, well, that correlates with you know, deterioration in 
just about everything in, in your economy. So when, when we're running our models and we're, we're stress testing ourselves as a bank, we're looking at an unemployment rate. And when unemployment rises substantially, you start to think about, well, house prices are, are, are going to start coming off. We're going to see a, you know, an increase in, in leases and commercial property might be in problems. It really is probably one of the, the most important indicators we have as economists. The problem with it is um, it's hard to calculate accurately, particularly in times of stress like this. So one number might say unemployment is down, but the rest say the labour market has shrunk. In that period, 11,000 people lost their jobs, 10,000 were women. And another of the figures that is really disturbing covers young people, 15 to 24-year-olds. Those not in education, employment or training have gone from 10.5% to 12.5%. Tea, so this oh. could possibly be the worst cup of no, tea you've ever perfect. had in your looks, life. No, it looks perfect. Thank you very much. I want to get a closer look at how a region with a high youth population tackles that number. I'm at Auckland Council's high-rise offices in the middle of Monaco city centre, the bus station, shopping and business centre and the tertiary institute. Kia ora, I'm Tania Paufare and I'm a social entrepreneur here with the Southern and Western Initiative teams. Right, what, what's an entrepreneur? Uh, so an entrepreneur is someone whose job is to disrupt um, unproductive bureaucracy, um, market failures and to be a change agent within inside a, a big bureaucracy like Auckland Council. What has happened over COVID-19? Because I guess I approached you because I wanted to see the impact of COVID-19 on a region like South Auckland that traditionally has very high unemployment among Māori and Pacific young people. And I, I guess I've come here expecting even worse news than what it would be. So can you tell me what has happened? Yeah, well, we are preparing for the worst. I mean, if you look at the history of economic downturns back into the late 70s um, and after the oil shock of the early 70s, and then, you know, unemployment really starts to bite for Māori and Pacifica from 1977 onwards. Then you've got Roger Nomics. Then you've got, you know, the Mother of All Budgets, Employment Contract Act, etc. All of these things um, have led to the situation that we're experiencing now. I think one of the frustrating things that I find is that people think that this was always what South Auckland was like. And in fact, you know, we had full employment right up into the early 70s. So didn't just wake up one day and decide to be feckless. This is about how the macroeconomic situation has affected people. And for Māori and Pacifica, we have been affected hardest for longest and never really recovered. And there's, you know, this is a complex, wicked problem in that there is no single cause, there's no single solution. Um, and it's the culmination of all these things. So when COVID happened, uh, the first thing that we did was to really understand what might be the impacts and prepare for the worst. I think it would be irresponsible for us not to prepare for the worst. And some work that uh, ATED, the Economic Development Agency for Auckland and ourselves have done is projecting 50,000 unemployed people um, across South and West Auckland. 
Um, and, and the population of what? What sort of size um, So, for example, the population here in South Auckland is 320,000. Um, but remember, we're a very youthful population here in the South, with 40% of, of people being under the age of 25. So um, in terms of working population, working age population, it's actually quite a large chunk. And that 40,000 of those people are expected to become unemployed post-COVID. So a lot of them will have been workers mm. who have now been made redundant. And our concern now is that we get them back into the labour force as quickly as possible to try and minimise employment scarring. Because what we don't want is people who are perhaps experiencing frictional unemployment, so just in between jobs, Mm. now becoming structural. Because if we had 50,000 people experiencing structural unemployment, then we really, really would be in trouble because um, that's entrenched. Okay, this figure of 40,000... Are you taking into account more than those people who are going to work an income and saying that they haven't got a job? No, that doesn't include people who are um, not officially unemployed. It does include young people under the age of 25 who are NEET, so not in employment, education or training, but not all of them will necessarily be able to access a main benefit. What it doesn't account for is people who are um, just not active in the labour market, but neither are they accessing any income support. So if we included that figure, it would be much more significant than what we're talking about, which is the 40,000. And I think that's a really important point because the challenge here in South Auckland has always been underutilisation. It's not just a case of unemployment. I think people kind of, unemployment is a universal measure which is used internationally, so we understand it well. But actually, the real challenge of the South is people here working jobs, they don't pay enough, having to work excessive hours. No one should have to work 60 hours a week to earn a very modest income to support them and their families. Um, All their skills are mismatched and they're being, you know, grossly underemployed. You've got this 40,000 made jobless by COVID-19 already out there. Over the next 24 months. Okay, so it may not be 40,000 now, but you're saying over this period of time there'll be 40,000. And then you've also got the underutilised workers. Yeah, it's a pretty frightening prospect to think of all of those people and their families having such a severe drop in income, it will possibly engulf entire neighbourhoods, entire communities. So we've been working with ATEED and other partners um, to understand what's it really going to take to turn this crisis into a world-leading opportunity, and we think that, that we can do it. Even before lockdown, the Southern and Western initiatives were running He Waka Ekenoa. It's a program that works with Māori and Pacifica-owned businesses to help them participate in the tendering process and win contracts and things like infrastructure and construction. So in a funny kind of way, business is booming, for some companies anyway. The program had helped procure around $22 million of contracts before lockdown and another $20 million since. 
it meant that they could confidently keep on their staff knowing that they had work, you know, there was light at the end of the tunnel. And now we're actually in a situation where we will have created hundreds and hundreds of new jobs and vacancies. And they're mostly infrastructure contracts? Yes, they okay. are. So that's the good news, but you're also talking about 40,000 people unemployed in the region post-COVID over the next couple of years. Yeah. That's a, a drop. Yeah. compared with the jobs Abs- that need to be found. You're right. It, we're going to have to tackle this challenge at scale and that's going to require us as local government, it's going to require central government to back an economic recovery and growth plan that's really targeted to the challenges of South and West Auckland. And here's the plan. One of the things that we've identified with our colleagues from Waste is that, you know, Aucklanders send um, billions of tonnes of waste to landfill every year, 1.6 billion tonnes every year. Most of that's commercial. But in that are valuable resources that are just getting buried under landfill. There's $73 million worth of reusable things that we are burying um, in the ground for future generations to have to pick up the tab. Now, we've been working together to identify that actually we could have a large-scale resource recovery hub here in the south that would create thousands of jobs and it would enable us to tackle our serious challenge with waste. We've already done a number of trials and experiments, so for example, 50% of all waste to landfill comes from construction. But we can deconstruct and salvage that waste in a way that it can be used again and again and again. It doesn't have to go into landfill. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, leave us a rating so other people can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Jared Kerr and Tania Pofari. Matewa. Wa.